Praise the Lord. Cheer up, my brother. Cheer up, my sister. Because we'll understand. Oh, bye. And bye. Praise the name of the Lord. For he is worthy to be praised. For if our tongues cannot convey how good God has been. And through all of our trials and our tribulations, as the song said, we'll understand it better. Oh, bye. And bye. Amen. First of all, I'd like to say to New Zion, I really enjoyed seeing so many come out for Bible study on Wednesday night. It's a joy to my heart to see so many and to see the interaction as well. That was wonderful. I want to see more and more Bible studies just like that and greater, if the Lord wills. Amen. And also wanted to make mention of our work down at the at Swope Ridge Geriatric Center. Praise God. The Holy Spirit showed up in the place. Down there with Sister Elvira Collins, Sister Dillwood, uh, Sister Jackie was there, uh, Sister Penman. Who else did I see down there? Uh, Sister Bowman. Was she, is she here today? That's she. Amen. Amen. We had a great time in the Lord. Saw one of the uh, pastors that meant so much in my ministry who's now down there, Pastor Black. It's a joy to see him and hear him sing. Well, that man sure can sing, can he? Amen. <laughs> and preach. Well, we used to fellowship with them at 7 o'clock at night. We used to go to 35th Street, and they used to come to Mount Vernon. We had them 7 o'clock services. There wouldn't hardly be any people that came, but boy, the Holy Spirit would come in that house. Amen. Am I right about it, Sister Butler? Amen. So it was so good to see him. And also, one of my brothers in the ministry is in in Swole Bridge to uh, Reverend Joe Dillard. And it was good to see him as well. Amen. Um, would like to introduce, which they've already introduced themselves. Amen. We'll give a little more detail on two special visitors this morning. And they are my Aunt Liz Roberts and my Uncle Reverend Dr. Franklin Roberts. Amen. Amen. All the way from Boyce, Virginia. Amen. And they passed, they, they work in tandem in pastoring the church of the Second Guildfield Baptist Church in Front Royal, Virginia. Amen. So glad to have them with us. Um, this evening, um, Pastor Roberts is going to be preaching at Zion Travelers. We're going to go over there this evening at 6 and uh, hear a word from the Lord from him this evening as well. And don't forget, we've got our birthday musical for Bishop Jonah at 3 o'clock. Amen. Looking for a high time in the Lord. Amen. And once again, ask that the ushers be on duty and want to see all of New Zion here. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, if I haven't forgotten anything, Sister Butler, do I have anything else? Amen. Well, let us, let us turn our attention to the word of God. Amen. There is a word from the Lord. Let us go to the book of 
Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. And we're going to be starting at verse 5. Philippians chapter 2. Starting at verse 5. When you have it, please stand for the reading of God's word. Amen. Amen. Philippians chapter 2. Starting at verse 5 you will find these words. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. For a few moments, I would just like to speak with you from the thought, Christ, humbled and exalted. Christ, humbled and exalted. Thank you for standing for the reading of God's word. Uh, we are taking a quick break from our exposition of Haggai to look at something else that is crucial to the believer and that's getting the mind of Christ is getting the mind of Christ in verse 5 we see that Paul writes let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Right there in verse 5 allows us to see that we have the facilities to have the mind of Jesus Christ. Perfectly obedient to the Father. And we see here's a command, let this mind be in you. Saying that you can have the mind of Christ if you let it. But one of the serious issues we have as believers is letting Christ's mind be in us. Because we want to continue to do things our way. Oh, we walk for a little while. But soon we are back in our own ways. We're doing things according to how we think things ought to be done. 
But Paul here is commanding to us to let Christ's mind be in us. And it's the same mind. It's not just a mind like it, but the same mind. Because we live with the Holy Spirit in us. God is in us. Emmanuel, God with us. We have the facilities. We have what we need because his precious Holy Spirit, which is God, lives in us to put on the mind of Christ. And that leads me back to Bible study when Sister Pauline raised the question about the spirit in our thinking and our soul. God has given us everything that we need to feed our minds with holiness. To feed our minds with the things of God. To let us rise above the world and rise above the muck and mire and think on things that are noble and good. To sit at the places and high places in Christ Jesus, Ephesians chapter 2. So we can soar like eagles above the temptations of the world if we let this mind be in us. Because we have the Holy Spirit who gives us power to be sons and daughters of God, gives us power to be witnesses, to be representatives of God. And in order to be representatives of God, we've got to act like it. Am I right about it, saints? So now as we look at this text, Paul is so gracious and under the function of the Holy Spirit, he begins to explain what this mind looks like. Verse 6 says, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. What is verse 6 saying to us? It's saying that Jesus Christ is equal with God. Jesus Christ is equal with the Father, equal with the Holy Spirit, because he is, what? God. He is equal in majesty, equal in glory, equal in power. He is equal in honor. He is equal in all things. He is equal with the Father. But he considered it not robbery to be equal with him. He's saying that he didn't, he didn't, he didn't say that I got to hold on to this. I, I, I don't, I don't want to make myself subservient to anyone. I, I, I gotta, I've got all my glory and honor and I'm going to stay right here. But no, he considered it not robbery to be equal with God. He relinquished his equality to be subject to the Father. To be obedient to the Father. Even though he had all rights to stay at equality, he chose to be subservient. He chose to be submissive to the Father. Now that's some hard stuff for a 21st century culture. In the United States when we're always talking about our rights. I've got a right to do this and i got a right to do that. I mean, we are proud people in that way of our rights. 
I, I, I don't want to obey nobody. I, I don't want to, to submit to anyone. I got my rights. But once you step out of darkness into the marvelous light, once you go from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light, your mindset has to change. It has to go from one who I got my rights to sometimes being wronged for the rights. Now see, when Paul said those words, I believe in the sixth chapter of 1 Corinthians, it was like the idea of, hey, look, yeah, I know I'm right in what I'm doing and the other person is wrong, but in order to have unity, in order to have intimacy and closeness and to be able to work as the body, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm sorry, even though I believe inside of me I don't, for the purpose of unity. You know, sometimes we got to lay down a whole lot of this history, if you will, of things that have hurt us. Sometimes you got to say, you know, I know 30 years ago such and such stole this from me and I still wish I had it but you know what so that we can be on one accord so that we can talk to one another we can do things that God would be pleased with I'm going to be wronged for the right I'm going to take that hit for the team because I want to be all that God wants us to be and see we are an individualistic type culture too it's all about my personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it is personal because even those who are outside, even those who will end up in a burning hell, it's personal. It's going to be personal at the great white throne. When they stand and he opens the books and he looks and their name is not written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, it's going to be personal. But in the body of Christ, I contend that there's something even as important, if not more important, than our individual personal relationship. But it's our corporate relationship with God. The body of Christ. It is many members, one body. Yes, yeah, a bunch of people in here, but we got to be one body to operate. And so that we have to be one body, we have to figure out how to work together. We have to figure out how to put down our issues, put down our problems, so that we can do the greater work of the master. Because if the toe is hurting, and if the toe can decide to leave the body, how would the body run properly? Oh, what about an eye or ear? or even the mouth, or the brain. We have to work together. You know, like I know, you can hurt the smallest thing on your body. I mean, you can hurt the tip end of your baby toe, and then you can't walk right. So it doesn't matter if you uh, feel like you're the most insignificant member in the church. You are significant with God. And God has made this so that we all have to work together or our body is sick. And he puts the individual responsibility on each one of us to make the decision to put down our rights so that we can be one. 
Yeah, I got the right to say, you heard me, and I got the right not to talk to you. But it ain't about rights. It's not at all. It's all about the Lord Jesus and all that he's done for us. What if he had said, it's about my rights. I got a right not to go down and say not one of y'all. Not you, preacher. Not any of the members because y'all are liars and thieves, backbiters, sinners. But he didn't, did he? But he chose to put that down so that we might be saved. And so we see in our text that he had all the right to stay equal with God. But he let that go. He let it go. He, he considered it something not to be grasped, not to be held on to. That's what it's saying here in this text. He said, yes, I am, but for the greater good, for the ultimate purpose, I'm going to let it go. And I'm going to become submissive to the Father. So that some may be saved. And so as we look at this text, we say, we see that he said, but made himself of no reputation. Taken on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. The Bible lets us know that God, Jesus Christ, when he came in the flesh, that he wasn't a pretty somebody. He wasn't somebody that when he walked by, you just looked at his out of appearance, it was like, oh my God. It said he of no comeliness. He didn't have all that glitter and glamour. It, this picture that they paint of Jesus with this glow around him and all of this kind of stuff, that's not how he came. That's not how scripture said he came. But he came of no reputation. He was born in a manger wrapped in swaddling clothes because there was no room in the inn. Out with the animals in the trough. No comeliness. He lowered himself but he had all rights to stay equal with the Father, didn't he? And so for us in our right-oriented culture, we need to focus on this mind that's in Christ. Because that will cure a lot of the ills that we're dealing with in relationships because one won't give for the other. I'm mad and I'm going to stay mad. You did me wrong and that's how it's going to stay. I'm not going to forgive you and I'm going to keep bringing it up. But that's not the mind of Christ, is it? But the mind of Christ says, uh-uh. For those who were not worthy of his death, he decided to die. For the one who's wronged you, they may not be worthy from your perspective, but you got to be wrong for the right. You got to forgive them. And if it takes you saying, forgive me to get back on one accord, do it for the greater good. And so when we look at this text, he took on the form of a bondservant. Christ was 
ultimate obedience. He didn't obey for a little while and then go back doing whatever he wanted to do, but he was obedient to the very end. He was a bond servant. He was a servant by decision. He wasn't a servant by compulsion, but he decided that he wanted to for the greater good. And we see in this text, and coming in the likeness of men. When Jesus walked this earth, he could have walked in his God, his deity, but he laid it aside to be able to go through the temptations and the things that we have to deal with so that he can identify with our struggle. Sometimes we got to get out of our own little areas, our own safety zones where we've built up around us. We're good at that. I know it personally for myself. I know how to build a safety zone for myself where I only deal with only so much. But if somebody else's problem is too much, then I just kind of get back in my safety zone. But we all do that, don't we? When the problem looks a little too hard and looks a little bit too rough, we back in to our safety zone. But the mind of Christ doesn't do that, did it? This was a big job. It was a bitter cup that he had to drink from. So much so that the anguish in the Garden of Gethsemane, that sweat was coming like beads of blood. And he said, Father, if there is any other way, let this cup pass me, but not my will, but thy will be done. There are going to be times when there's a situation that you need to step into that you're going to have that kind of anguish. But can you say, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus says, as I was sent, so I send you. He was obedient to the Father, and now we're in relationship with the Father, and we need to be obedient to Him as well. But it's going to take some pain, and it's going to take some breaking down of some comforting walls that we have set up. See, it's, 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 it's easy to come to the church where we're all comfortable around one another. We talk the same talk. We dress similarly. We do a lot of the same things. And there's nothing really all that much that presses us. But it's when you go out to those who are unchurched and go into unfamiliar territory to when you are pressed. But the good thing about it for us is we have once been there before. Nobody came into this world saved. We all are sinners saved by grace. So we know a lot about what's going on outside because we've been there. But as I've said before, we somehow develop spiritual amnesia and some kind of fear factor that comes in our life, well now we get afraid of those who we were once among. But here is the Holy God. The second person in the Trinity. 
knowing no sin, decided to come down and be in the likeness of mere men. In the likeness of his creation, he being the ultimate creator. We don't have to do that. We just need to go out among our own. But we got to get the mind of Christ. We've got to get this mind in us that we can tear down some of these walls of protection we have around ourselves so that we can reach out and bless somebody else. Because the Bible tells us that we have the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatsoever is loose on earth is loose in heaven. We have it. So if we're going to build these walls up around us where they can't get in and we can't get out, then how will they enter in? It's not easy because we're different now than we used to be. But because of the grace and mercy of God, the gratefulness that should be in our heart, we should be able to go out. We should be able to interact with them and talk with them even in all of their if you will, things that make us uncomfortable. Because we were once there too. And we know if it had not been for the grace of God, there go we. Amen? But we got to let this mind be in us, which was also in Christ Jesus. He had every reason not to come. He could have came, and he could have came in his glory and walked around as he did when he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, but that's not what he did. He made himself of no reputation and made himself in the likeness of men. When we go out, we don't need to act like we're better than anybody else. Jesus fit right in. When they said he's over there with the tax collectors and sinners, over with the wine bibbers, because he fit in. He didn't try to make himself look like the Pharisees and dress in special garb so that he would stand out from them, but he was of no reputation so he could fit in. He said those who are not sick don't need a physician. It's those who are sick. And he's the good doctor and he went into that pain. And that's where we have to be. We have to not try to set ourselves apart or make ourselves better or look down. We've got to get down where they are. And walk with them and show them the love of the Savior. This world needs love. There are so many people I meet who are so tight and uptight. They're in anguish and pain because they need love. Love softens hearts. Love changes minds. The world needs love. They don't need somebody going out and beating them over the head. They need somebody going out and loving on them. That's good religion. And so we see here that Christ made himself just like us for the purpose of saving us. We see in verse 8, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. 
found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. That goes back to just what I was saying earlier. Not to think of yourself more than you ought to think. I'm no better than the town drunk. Because the only reason why I'm standing here today is because of the grace of God. Because of his grace, I am what I am. There is nothing in me. There's nothing in us. But we have to get that humble mindset. Because it's easy to sneak in. We can look at some folks on the street and how they dress and how they act and our flesh wants to tell us we're better than them. And we talk about them. But we are here for them. I've said on occasion before, the church is the only organization that's for the benefit of its non-members. If it wasn't after each one of us was saved, we could be caught up and be in heaven. Because if it's all about just us, we're going to be together anyway. In glory, we might as well go now. But we're here for those who are outside, who are perishing. But we got to put the mind of Christ on first before we can reach them. Because the world needs what? Love. So here in this text, as I come to a close, we see our Lord and our Savior. Jesus Christ, being obedient even to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Galatians lets us know anyone who hangs on the tree is cursed. Jesus Christ became a curse for us. He who knew no sin became sin that we might have the right to the tree of life. He was sinless, but sin was poured on him so that he could be the one who would pay for our sins. But he was so obedient, even to the death of the cross. We've seen in the word of God that we're supposed to bear our cross daily. Are we really bearing our cross? Jesus bared a cross that we should have been nailed on. So what bearing and what burdens are we bearing for others that deserve to die? But because of grace and mercy, we're going to reach out to whether it's uncomfortable or not. We're going to break down our walls so we can Touch somebody for the cause of Christ. And as we look at our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, oh, I love to tell a story that down through 42 generations, my Savior and your Savior, he died one Friday evening. But the night before, he was in the Garden of Gethsemane with anguish for you and for me. He prayed and he prayed and he followed the will of God. The betrayers came 
And Judas kissed him. They took our Savior and they whipped him all night long. He went through six kangaroo courts. From Annas to Caiaphas. To Caiaphas to the Sanhedrin. From the Sanhedrin to Pilate. From Pilate to Herod. From Herod back to Pilate. They picked a thief over the Savior. They said, give us Barabbas and crucify him. Crucify our Savior, Jesus Christ. They didn't know what they was doing. And that's why Jesus on the cross had to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. They marched him down the Via Della Rosa, out to the hill called Golgotha's Hill. And they put nails in his hands. And they put nails in his feet. They lifted him up. They hung him high and stretched him wide for you and for me. He stayed on that cross from the third to the ninth hour for you and for me. At the ninth hour, my Savior and your Savior, he died. Didn't he die? They took him off of that cross and they put him in a borrowed tomb. He was in that tomb three days and three nights. But it was early, oh so early, Sunday morning that he got up with all power. All power in his hand. The power to save the sin sick soul. But that wasn't the end of the story. He showed himself to over 500 apostles. Eyewitnesses of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And after a 40 day layover, he stepped out on the cloud and went back to glory. Yes he did, yes he did. And now he sits at the right hand of the Father you and for me. Ain't that good news children? That our Savior is still not dead. But he is alive and sitting in heavenly places looking out for you and looking out for me. But even that's not the end of the story. Cause one of these days won't be very long. Our Savior is coming back for a church without spot or blemish, will you be in that number? Will it be you who is found faithful unto God? Will you have the mind of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? When he comes in all his glory, like a thief in the night, when the trumpet sounds, they that are dead in Christ shall rise and they that remain shall be caught up in the air. Don't you want to be caught up in the air with Jesus? So right now, I open the doors of the church for anyone here who does not know our Lord and our Savior. The Bible says, for God so demonstrated his love toward us that while we were sinners, 
Christ died for us. He paid the entire price. And you can enter in today while the blood is running warm in your veins. You can come by letter, by Christian experience, or by baptism. God is calling out for people to be wrong for the right. And he's calling for another people to come and come out of the darkness into the marvelous light. Today is the day of salvation. You can come today. There is room Roberts to come up and say a word to New Zion. Amen. 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 Come say something to us. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. 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 Oh, all give the Lord some praise because he's good and worthy to be praised. Amen. 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 We thank the Lord for this opportunity. We stand here to greet you in the name of our precious Lord Jesus Christ. To our nephew and Pastor Butler and to his wife and to all of you, the saints of God, it's good to be in Kansas. I mean, it's been uh, uh, 
Well, in Missouri, I'm in some place. <laughs> Amen. Anyway, it's been uh, over 45 years since I've been here, so amen, because I was sharing I went to actually attend school here, not attend college here. Uh, but uh, it seemed like it got a little harder since I, <laughs> I was here. But I thank the Lord for being present here. I thank you, Lord. And I look at the church and I look at the youth you have here, and we thank God for the youth. Amen. And I looked at the building and over there, and we thank God that you got a jewel in the rock. And all you have to do is exercise that jewel. And amen, God has, has waiting to pull something out on you. going to bless you mighty in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. amen. All you have to do is exercise the gift. Amen. 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 As, as Paul has said, as you, each one of you got gifts. All you have to do is exercise the gift. Then I, I, I won't be a few, few minutes and I'll let you go. And then I, you know, I was sitting here thinking in as well. And now some of the songs y'all sing, we don't sing much anymore. Every now and then we sing some. But uh, I can remember some of them old saints used to sing them songs in other words. And, I mean, they used to uh, fall out in the churches. Y'all remember that today. You know? I mean, they just sing them old songs, you know, and on the battlefield for my Lord, I mean, they can get the shouting and the preacher get the shouting and everybody get the hollering and amen until they fall out. And, and then there's, there's, you know, they were just sweating and running. And I said, they, they had air conditions back then. And so the sweat gets them running, and then they get them fanning, and they, amen. See, y'all remember them days. <laughs> amen. But I, I can remember those days. I can remember those days, amen. But God's have been, have been blessed us and have come a mighty long way. And I thank God for the opportunity that God has blessed us. Amen. Now, but on the, I do, and on, uh, I'll be back this afternoon for the hymn sing. So I'm planning to hang with you all day. Amen. 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 Ain't that nice of me? Amen. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I hang with you this morning. I hang with you this afternoon. And so now they, 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 they all they already tell me that church, you got to listen to how I crawl to me because I'm coming back with something. In other words, I'm, I'm looking for y'all to hang with me tonight. <laughs> At 6 o'clock, amen. But we thank God with you. Let me share this with you, and then, and then I'll, be, I'll take my seat. Amen. Um, by the way, I ain't no, I ain't no cow, cow soldier now. Don't think I'm a cow soldier. Amen. But uh, I, I, I was uh, uh, also thinking that God had been so good and had blessed y'all so marvelous that we, we, we just, just do what the Lord can do and open your hearts and, and do what the Lord has blessed you and the Lord will open doors for you now I, I believe that he's a he's a mighty worker amen because you know, I mean it's uh, I just uh, I call back to the church now like this morning uh, we're in this morning and the next Sunday as well um, we're uh, my youth was taking over to our church. They were responsible for the church. They, they from opening the, from turning the key to the door, to the closing of the door, our youth was taking part in the, to uh, open our church. 
Amen. They even doing the preaching and then the urging and then every nine yards our youth is, 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 is a mighty soul. I want to send for you while you got the youth, train them, amen, and then and work with them, amen, amen. They can they can do everything you do, amen. Why the Kevin might do a little bit better. Amen. <laughs> that kind of thing. But let me share it with you. The, that was a, a lady that got broke into a home. The old lady got broke into a home. And it was that night. And and she got broken and the, and the and the police came and arrested the man. And then the, and the police asked the man, why didn't you run? Well, he said, the old lady told me she had an axe and two thirty-eight. He said, what do you mean that the old lady had an axe and two thirty-eight? And then the, and the lady said, I did have an Acts and 2.38. Acts, chapter Acts, chapter 2, and verse 38. <laughs> it said, repent and be baptized. Amen. 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 Thank you, Uncle. Amen for those words of wisdom and encouragement as well. That's a good one right there. Acts 2.38. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we look forward to seeing everybody back at 3 o'clock to celebrate with Bishop Jonah. Amen. Supposed to be some good singing around here. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And the ushers will be active. Amen. Amen. If all hearts and minds are clear, let us stand for our benediction. Amen. Where he leads me a beacon of light into a dark and dismal world. 
That boys and girls, women and men, can come running saying, what must I do to be saved? Lord, thank you for keeping my aunt and uncle in the skies and bringing them here safely, oh God. Lord, thank you for their words of wisdom and singing, oh God, to bless our congregation. And Lord, I ask that you be with them continually as they travel on, oh God. Because I know if you're with them, everything will be all right. And Lord, for every member of this church, oh God, as we leave and go to our prospective homes, Lord, I ask that you continue to put your loving arms of protection around us and keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger. These things we ask in the blessed name of Jesus and the whole church saying, Amen. God bless you and God keep you. Amen. Brother Jimmy.